0: I wish you could still do that.
1: Yeah. I know.
0: Although I I did talk to someone recently who I won't say who it was Uh who said that I was like, how did your weekend away go? And Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, my friend and I uh, learned a bunch of Disney choreography off of YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) It was great.
1: Uh. And I was like, you're still allowed to do that? (laughs) Apparently.
0: Welcome to the Hybrid Pub Scout Podcast with me, Emily Einelander.
1: And me, Corinne Kalaski. Hello! Hello.
0: We are mapping the frontier between traditional and indie publishing. And today we have Michelle McCann on. Ever since she was a girl, Michelle always wanted to create books. In college, she studied Children's Lit at Brown University, then got her MFA in writing for children and young adults from Vermont College. For the past 25 years, she has been editing and art directing children's books and collaborating with authors and illustrators on hundreds of titles. She has also written some children's books of her own, which have won a bunch of awards. For 13, <laughs> years, <laughs> <woo>! <laughs> for 13 years, she shared her passion for kids' books, teaching children's book publishing at Portland State University. When she doesn't have her nose buried in a book, She's an adrenaline junkie. She loves snowboarding, whitewater rafting, and scuba diving. She lives in Portland, Oregon with her husband, her two kids, and three cats. Welcome, Michelle.
2: Hi. Hi. We're so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here for my very first podcast. I'm so excited. We're very flattered.
0: We're very honored that you, that we can be your first podcast experience. It's
2: really nice that it's people I know and like, and that makes it a lot more fun.
0: Um, so, Corinne, do you want to open with the icebreaker question?
1: Oh, sure. Okay. So, uh, please tell our audience why you have a Tinkerbell tattoo and what okay. the particular significance of Tinkerbell is, is to you, what she means okay. to you.
2: That's a great question. What does Tinkerbell mean to me and why do I have her tattooed on my crotch? That's a good idea to get that clarified. <laughs> I
1: didn't know that part.
2: Yeah, well, you know, she's on my bikini line, so Uh-oh. it's very, very painful to get a tattoo. I will just advise you about that. Um, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell, when I was a girl, was kind of my hero, Um, and it's very kind of twisted, because not in the, like, she's a pretty fairy kind of way, but because Tinkerbell is a total badass. Like, if you actually read the story... Tinkerbell has her life with all the boys and it's like her and the boys. And then all of a sudden, Wendy, the world's most irritating girl character ever shows up and becomes this irritating mom slash girlfriend figure and ruins all the fun. And so what does Tinkerbell do? Tinkerbell does not try to befriend Wendy. She has Wendy shot with an arrow. That is how Tinkerbell deals with it. Yes. Right. Yes. Tinkerbell is such a badass. And, like, she has no remorse for it. Like, she doesn't care. She just gets Wendy shot with an arrow. And, like, Wendy, I think, either almost dies or dies and then comes back to life. Like, it's bad. Um, and I just like that combination of sort of, like, a kind of a badass... And the, the fantasy element and magic, like as an eight-year-old, she was just my hero. Um, and so I always vowed if I ever got a tattoo, it would be of Tinkerbell. And when I was 19, that's what I did. And never any more tattoos after that, because it's very painful. So yes, my Tinkerbell tattoo always reminds me kind of of my, what I love. I love kids' books, and she's sort of a great symbol of the kinds of kids' books I love. Little Twisted, Feminist. <laughs> Full of magic, so yeah.
0: (laughs) She doesn't need a mother figure. She's all grown
1: up.
2: She doesn't, and she doesn't care what the boys think, and she doesn't care what the girls think. She just does her own thing. So yeah, I like Tinkerbell.
1: Okay, so our first question. uh, What drew you to the publishing industry in the first place, and how did you get your start?
2: Oh, That's a great question. Um, Well, as my bio states, I'm truly one of those people that I have always been obsessed with books to the point where my mom like you know wanted me got me in therapy because I was not a social child I was a child who hid off with books so for example I would go off to a birthday party, like in the fourth or fifth grade, and the parents would call my mom and be like, we can't find your daughter. She's gone. And my mom would say, <laughs> have you checked the closets yet? And then they would go check the closet, and they would find me with stolen books in their reading, um, hiding away from the children. So. so
0: so you and Corinne would have been the equivalent of friendship for people who do that, because um, you would sit on opposite sides of the <laughs> yeah, library. Not, uh, Right. Reading books and occasionally right. like shyly looking at each other at different times. Yeah.
2: And, and if Corinne got up the courage to invite me over to her house, I would go to her bookshelf, pick up a book and ignore her for the rest of the day and probably <laughs> the book for her. So, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: We would have been best friends. Did you yeah. spend your uh, childhood summers in the library like I did?
2: Yeah. yeah oh, I- yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and yep. my sister always laughs because all the childhood photos of me, I'm bent over a book. And she's like, that's always how I remember. I remember you. You never spoke to me. You didn't like, I'm <laughs> always Trying to get your attention away from a book. And I'm like, and now I get paid for it all day long. <laughs> like a dream come true. Um, so, you, yeah,
0: you're so social now. That's like... all
2: the ruse. All fake. <laughs> I have to take medication to do that. Like, it is Thanks. not easy for me to, to be social. I do it because I I have to. But yeah, you're doing
0: a great job.
2: Thank you. You had me fooled. Hey, Once, like the part about being an author that I least like is the being social part, and I have to work really hard at it, and I have to um, push myself to do that part. The part I love is being alone in a room with books and with kids. I like being with kids; they're easy. So, well,
1: yeah. I will say you are an incredibly good company with other authors who also hate being social. So you oh, probably know that, right? Yeah.
2: I, went to the <laughs> Oregon, I went to the Oregon Book Awards, like cocktail party the other yeah. day and they made mm-hmm. fun of it they're like we're putting a, a whole room full of totally awkward people who don't want to speak <laughs> to each other all together at the same time <laughs> it's like yeah none of us want to be here I was
0: making a joke about um uh Tara and I went to AWP um and they had in their schedule like Dance party, 10 p.m. to midnight, and I'm like, what is what is that? Everyone everyone's standing around the dance floor, and maybe like two publicists dancing in the middle. Like, what's going on? And then what did she say? She was like, it'll be like one of our Catholic school dances where we shoe.
1: you like throw a shoe in the middle of the dance floor, and like somebody has to dive for it. I don't know.
0: I, no, you all you all put your shoes in the middle of the dance floor and then you like take someone else's shoe and dance in it It, it's it's the middle school version of a key party
2: wow (laughs) I love it I do love to dance that's another thing um so yeah so I was a nerdy book loving kid and I always wanted to do something with books I originally thought I wanted to be an illustrator but then it turns out I have no artistic talent I always loved writing and I always wanted to be a writer but I also I just wanted to make, I just wanted to be involved in making them. And I didn't know what edit, I didn't know how books got made. I didn't know about editing. I didn't know about any of that. Um, But then when I was in high school, it's kind of a weird and funny story, but I was in high school and I was a nanny for a kid. And I was reading him a book one night before he went to bed. And I was reading this book and I'm like, God, this is a great book. It's so beautiful. And the art is so great. And the story is so wonderful. It was Davy's dream. And I don't know if you've read that, but it's a beyond work book. And so I was like, Fifteen, And I read that book and I'm like, tears in my eyes, like, God, this book is so amazing. And I flipped to the back to the copyright page. And I'm like, that's weird. The publishing company is in Oregon. It's in Hillsborough, this weird little town. That's so strange. And it turned out that the owner of the publishing company was friends with the mom of the kid I babysat with, like they knew each other. And she was like, well, you know, maybe someday I'll introduce you. And I was like, oh, that'd be great. And so I had in my mind someday maybe I'd work for this weird little publishing company in Hillsboro. Like, why not? I don't know anything about publishing and I want to do kids books. So I went off to college and I studied children's lit as best I could at Brown and learned all this stuff. And then. When I was graduating, I remembered this weird book that I'd read and the fact that this company was in Hillsboro, And so I sent them a letter, probably a piece of paper because there was no email at the time saying, hi, I'm about to graduate from college and I would love to come do a summer internship and just do whatever you need. And I'm going to, then go be a snowboard instructor. That was my plan after college was to be a snowboard instructor. So I'll come for the summer and I'll see how I like publishing. And they're like, yes, come read our slush pile for $5 an hour. That's fine. You know, whatever minimum wage. And so I came to be on words the summer after I graduated and I just fell in love with it. I was like, oh, you're actually making books. And there was like five of us and we were in a garage and there was dogs and it was very casual. And, um, they pretty quickly realized that I loved books and was pretty good at what I did. And then it was, they just kept trying to hire me all through the summer. And so by the end of the summer, they were like, what job do you want? And I was like, oh, I don't know, I'd like editing. I don't know, I just sort of like picked a job and then they gave it to me. And then I didn't become a snowboarding instructor and I just kind of dove in. And I didn't know what I was doing. They didn't really know what they were doing as you know, much as they do now. And, and we just kind of figured it out. And then I wanted to do kids' books, and so that was kind of always what I was moving towards with the company, just trying to get them to do kids' books. So, yeah, that's how I got my start 30 years ago.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> you did that effortlessly cool, like, oh, you really want me to do this? Okay, I guess I will. Oh, yeah.
2: No, I did that, like, <laughs> three times. I tried to leave several times, and every time they're like, what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I could start a children's department. Like, I just, like, would ask for things that were ridiculous. Like, I'm like, oh, they'll they'll leave me alone now. And then they'd be like, okay, sure. And and then I'm like, oh, crap. Now I have to do it. All right. Now I have to run a children's department. Now I have to, like, actually do it. And then I have to stay. And so, yeah, I just kept staying. And now here I am, 30 years later, still staying. So, yeah
0: what kind of relationship have you had with adult books? We know that you love uh, children's books, but have you ever cared about them at all? Or
2: No, not really. No, <laughs> I, I, I occasionally will read a great adult book and I'm like, Oh yeah, adult books. They're great. But more often I'm like, Oh, they're so long. And there's so many of them are bad and self-indulgent. So. <laughs> I don't know. And I, when I was started at beyond words, they didn't do very many kids books. So I had to edit adult books and I had to publicize them and, it really crushed all my love of adult books right out of me. Like, I just, I realized I just didn't really like it. Like, I don't like to just edit. Like, that's not what I like to do. I really just like kids' books. All things to do with kids' books. Everything to do with kids' books. And not really anything to do with adult books. So, you know, they're okay. I like them okay. I read them sometimes, you know. But yeah, they're not they're not my passion at all. I would not switch from kids books to adult books. I would rather be like a garbage man.
0: A snowboard instructor. Yeah,
2: yeah snow, I for sure a snowboard instructor, definitely. <laughs>
0: You're like, "Okay, well I I put that on hiatus and now I'm back cuz I can't do kids books I anymore." I could
2: still <laughs> be a snowboard instructor for sure. Definitely, even though I'd be the oldest one.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that would give you a lot of street cred though, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question. Um, What other roles did you explore as you built your publishing career and why did you end up choosing editorial?
2: Oh, yeah. I explored every freaking role there is. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So when I started at Beyond Words, I think my first job, as I told you, I read The Slush Pile. And then I think the first opening they had was like, Maybe copy editing for a while. Okay. I think that at the beginning, I like randomly just started right into editing, and then they needed a publicist, and so mm-hmm. then I became a publicist, and I learned everything about publicity for like two years. I did that, and then I tried to leave again, and then, <laughs> and then I came back and I did sales and marketing, like with Richard, for a couple of years. I did that, and so I learned all about book club sales and foreign rights and like everything to do with sales and marketing. Um, I was the secretary for a while, like I quit and came back again, <laughs> <laughs> I at the desk and answered the phones for like six months, like it was a while. I did literally every single job there, um, and which at the time, I didn't think it was a good plan, like I didn't really feel like it was the best plan. But now in retrospect, having done every single job for a pretty significant amount of time, I, I feel like I have a really good foundation. Like as an editor, I understand like okay, it's one thing to edit a book, but then you have to sell it and you have to market it and you have to design it. like you have to do all these other things and I have a a really strong appreciation for every. Piece of the collaboration that goes into making a book. And I feel like it makes me a better editor. Like, I'm a better editor because, like, now I sell books to publishing houses, you know, as like an acquisitions editor. And I know exactly what they're looking for all the people in the room. Like, that person wants it to be a strong story, and that person wants it to have good foreign rights possibilities, and that, like, I get all those pieces. So, um, yeah, so that was really good background for me. Um, and then I went and taught it at PSU for 13 years. And I so was
0: about to ask about that. I was like, that must've really helped in your teaching role to have a perspective on every part of the yeah. uh, process.
2: I think it's kind of rare for editors because most editors come from larger houses And even people who come from smaller houses, like usually smaller houses don't do all the things that Beyond Words does. They don't have like a a really vibrant foreign rights department, for example, or special sales or catalog sales or any of that. So, yeah, I feel like I, I could go in and teach as an editor in a way that not very many editors can. So yeah, it was super helpful. It's still super helpful. I'm, I'm very grateful for all the experience I got And Richard and Cindy were fantastic mentors. Like they taught me everything. They were not selfish with their knowledge at all. And so I I was able to learn a lot. And I was with, I mean, we went everywhere together. So I was like <laughs> learning, you know, just as their sidekick kind of for a long time. So it was great.
0: Awesome. Well, um, what do you think the most significant changes in the industry have been since you started? And uh, do you view these changes as improvements? I'm sure it's a little bit of a mixed bag. That's
2: a good question. Well, it's interesting because I feel like the entire time I've been in publishing, which has been since 1991, everybody is like, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Like, (laughs) everyone has been saying books are dying publishing is dead. This is the death knells of publishing. And yet here we are 30 years later, and I still am working full time. And most people I know who want to be in publishing are still in publishing. And so it's interesting. So it's changed a lot. Like when I started um, in 91, there were a lot of small independent publishing companies like Beyond Words was a small, tiny little independent publishing company. And there were a lot of those like everybody's like, hey, I'm going to start a publishing company. Why not? And so there were tons of those. And then as, like When I got into them, they were all just getting started. And then over the next 10 years, they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they all kind of collapsed. We went through this sort of like terrifying bankruptcy time period when I really actually thought everything was going to go belly up. But then now, they've all sort of gotten bought by larger publishing companies, which also I was like, okay, it's over. They're just going to get subsumed. But they're all still going. And some of the publishers that I work for that started out as small houses like Tricycle, got subsumed and now they're gone. But other small publishing houses that I work for like Sasquatch and Graphic Arts are not gone. Like they're stronger than ever because they got bought by a house that lets them have a lot of independence. So they have the financial backing of a larger house, but they still have all their creative independence. They still keep all their people. And um, so I feel like it's changed. Publishing has changed but it hasn't changed. Like we're still doing books and especially in kids' books. I don't, honestly, I don't really know what's going on in adult books because I, I don't really pay attention, <laughs> but kids' books are still doing really well. Like as long as I've worked in kids' books, they've been the best-selling part of publishing. They like, they just don't have the same ups and downs and struggles that adult books seem to have. And so I feel like it's all been pretty steady. Um, So, yeah, I feel like a lot has changed, but a lot has not changed. Like what I do day to day is still almost exactly the same. I just don't do it with paper and scissors anymore. We do it all (laughs) digitally now. It's all fancy, but it's all working with artists and authors. Like I do the exact same thing that I did when I was 22. So. And do
0: you mostly work with uh, uh, Pacific Northwest companies or do you kind of do it all over the country?
2: Um, I would say mostly Pacific Northwest companies. They're all national presses, but they're located here. Um, Yeah, for the most part, I've had some clients in other parts of the, I mean, I would say from Seattle down to the Bay Area. Um, that's where most of my clients are. But I've definitely had clients in other parts of the country. Uh, This area is my sweet spot because I feel like I'm from here. I was raised here. So I grew up. So I have a very solid foundation of sort of what would make good books about this place that I'm from? Um, so I I feel uh, not only excited about doing books about that part of my life, but also um, I like working with people who are from here, and I just I like I like contributing to having presses that are doing nicheier things like that. Like I like helping keeping those presses alive by helping them find really good books. Because if all those regional presses were to disappear, I'd be really sad because when people in New York are the only people making books for us out here, it, I don't think it works. Yikes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like being a part of that culture of yeah. like, let's keep it. Let's, let's keep our knowledge base and our talent base. There's so many talented kids book authors and illustrators in the Northwest. It's insane. Mm-hmm. It's really insane. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, now do you have a preference between working with bigger publishers or smaller publishers? Smaller?
2: Yes, I probably Mm -hmm. do. I mean, you know, until you get to the, like, there's only two people and they're both crazy. Um, but I do like my sweet spot. Yeah. I like, I mean, I would say I like sort of medium to smaller size publishers. I like publishers that have a real niche and a Mm -hmm. real focus to their list. Sure. Uh, and I like companies that are small enough that I know my team really well and we get to bond and be friends. We, right. most, of, most of my clients I've worked with for like 20 years now and like I consider them friends and, you know, I work at home so they're a big part of my community. So yeah, I like, I think at a lot of the bigger houses people change a lot and I, yes. uh, I don't really like that. Yeah, <laughs> so sure. I definitely liked working with larger houses, but I, I have a strong preference for smaller mm-hmm. and nichier presses yeah all
0: right okay so um probably should have mentioned this up top but you've got uh, the oregon book award coming up for um you were nominated (laughs) for uh um, children's nonfiction, more girls who rock the world with beyond words publishing atria simon and she no it's simon pulse right it's aladdin Aladdin. my bad you won't hit it i don't know what's going i don't know what is what is book (laughs) how do I book?
2: (laughs) So congratulations. Thank you. That was uh, the hard work of my publicity and marketing team. Thank you very much. So yes. And would you,
0: there's a lot of uh, characters from history in the book that uh, you're using to empower uh, young women today. And so, and I know that you have uh, other causes that you're pretty passionate about. Um, So how do you think that publishing can play a part in furthering causes that you are interested in? And um, how do you think they can improve when it comes to issues such as representation in children's book and YA?
2: Fabulous. Okay. I'm, those are two separate questions. So they I'm going to totally start with one. About- <laughs> Thank you
0: for your, your analytical mind. This right. is helping.
2: <laughs> They're two separate questions and I'll answer them separately. So the first question is like, why why books like how do books further my passions so my belief is that books are this magical place where we as humans put all of our knowledge about everything like yes we make movies and music and other artistic endeavors but books are where we like the repository of all the smart wonderful things that we know so for me especially with kids books Books are how we pass that on to the next generation. Like books are the way, like they're it. So to me, to me, they're super powerful talismans. They're like magic, like kids' books are like magic. So I think anything important that I want kids to know about anything, like it should be in a book format because it's lasting, like magazines get thrown away movies they come and they go some people watch them some people don't you know all of a lot of the art mediums we have are very ephemeral but books are solid and they sit on your bookshelf forever like I will give my books to my children they will give them to their children that chunk of knowledge that's in that book will get passed on to generations after generations that's just how books are I have books from the 1800s on my bookshelf for right now so I feel like books are a wonderful way for me, whatever my passion is, whether I'm writing it, like I feel very unique in that if I'm excited about a topic or I feel really passionate about it, either I can write it or I can find someone else to write it and I can sell it to a publisher. So it doesn't matter to me if it's my book or someone else's book, putting that, whatever that information is, whether it's about, for me, like girls, more girls who rock the world and girls who rock the world. That to me was about, there are all these stories about women that kids don't know about because history has been controlled by white men. So there's all mm-hmm. these stories and the only way to find them is to dig into these old boring books that no kid wants to read. So I'll read them <laughs> and I'll write it in a way that it's really interesting. And then you can learn all about Harriet Tubman and Cleopatra and all these people that, Lena. yeah, exactly. And and current people like, um so that, That was the motivation for me is that, you know, yes, these this this information exists out there, but it's not always in a way that kids are going to enjoy it. So that was with more Girls Who Rock the World. The new book that I have coming out in the fall, which is called Enough is Enough, and it's all about the gun issue. Same thing, it's like, I'm so frustrated about the state of our country with regards to guns, like it's insane to me. And I volunteer for Moms Demand Action and I know all these things about like, what can we do and what's not happening and what's standing in the way and how can kids get involved. And I know that because I'm reading the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal and all these like boring adult magazines and newspapers that no kid is gonna read. And then I'm like telling my kids, hey, read this, learn this thing. They're, they it's too boring it's written for grown-ups so my job is like okay I'm going to take all this knowledge that's out there for adults that's super interesting and it's going to help and I'm going to reframe it in a way for kids and then I'm going to put it in a book so that it's a solid thing that they can hold on to and pass around and keep and learn from and so yeah I feel like kids books are really powerful and I feel like a lot of people really underestimate the power of those books so yeah So that was the one question. Do you want me to answer the um, one about diversity in kids' books and how we can make Yes. But can I ask a quick question about the the question you just answered first? So what were some books
1: that you read as a kid that, you know, really like lit that passion inside you? Uh,
2: Okay. So I loved biographies when I was a kid. My mom bought me this series of biographies. I can't remember what they're called, but they're, comic ill everybody knows them who's has them they're white and they have I can't remember what they're called but anyway the the design is all the same they're white and they have like a cartoon of like whoever the biography like Edison on the cover and Mm -hmm. then you read this sort of comically illustrated story I when I had kids went and bought them all again I'm like oh I'm gonna share them with my kids they're so bad like they're so I mean but I loved them as a kid because that's all there was so I loved biographies Any book with a strong girl heroine, like my favorite was Wrinkle in Time, but I pretty much loved all books that had like a kick-ass girl heroine. So for me, when I started in publishing, I was very passionate about giving, doing more books for girls, um, especially, um, and just, you know, getting all of those, like getting more biographies of girls. When I started in 91, it wasn't a thing and there was not a lot of books for girls. And now there are, and it's great. And I was a part of that. Um, But there wasn't before. And that's kind of where we're at right now. We're at that same fork in the road where it's like, oh, guess what? There are no books, you know, there are not enough books for kids who are not white and kids who are not, you know, the majority culture. Um, And so the same thing that happened, there was like this revolution in publishing when I started about doing more books for girls is happening right now again in publishing. And it's, to me, it's really exciting to see because it's terrible. Like it's absolutely awful the dearth of children's books for, for everybody, you know, just of different types of people. So I'm seeing it behind the scenes now, like I'm seeing a lot of wonderful things coming out, like all the kids books I'm buying now are all by these fantastic black writers that have never been published before and that are, you know, finally getting a shot. And there's tons of them and it's fantastic. And then behind the scenes, every publisher I work with is like, yeah, we need more writers of color. You need to be going out and looking for that. And we need to be hiring people on staff." like everybody's talking about it. It is a huge issue. Like, that's pretty much all we're doing now behind the scenes. And to see that quick reaction, I mean, you know, it's quick, because it's shameful. It's really bad. Right. Um, so I am quick, quick for it,
0: publishing, you know, right?
2: Pardon? <laughs> yeah, quick for publishing. Well, I mean, honestly, I have to say, I'm pretty proud that within a couple seasons, like you're seeing a pretty big flood in kids books of really talented writers. And yes, it took a long time and a lot of shame and a campaign to get here. But people reacted really quickly. And I feel like really honestly, like, people are like, Oh, this is terrible. Why? Why have we let this happen? Like we thank you for pointing it out. Let's do something about it. And so I'm, you know, I feel like it was bad what happened, but I do feel like the response has been really good. And I feel like the flood of talent that has been unleashed is so inspiring, like amazing. I get all chills thinking about all these great people. You got me all excited about it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) there's people like, there's a lot of authors I've read. They've had like one book before and I'm like, oh, this person is so great. And now they have like 10 books because like everybody wants, you know, they're like, oh, Jason Alexander is the most amazing thing in sliced bread. He is. He was writing a long time ago and nobody was, you know, he had a couple books. Now he's, you know, everywhere. So all, all, you know, Renee Watson, there's all these people who are now finally getting the attention that they really deserve. So it's great. I'm excited to be around to see it happen. So, yeah. So that's what I have to say about diversity in kids' books. It needs to happen. It needs to happen behind the scenes, too. So I think that's the next step is for more people of color to go into publishing, which is not a high paying career field, as you know. So what do we do to attract more people into that um, so that we can have more decision makers who are not white women like us? So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the next step. So. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) So do you have anything else that you want to put out into podcast land? Just any words of wisdom, maybe for people who want to get into publishing or just something you want to talk about?
2: Yeah, let me think about that. Um, It's hard, because publishing, I feel like, is a pretty... A lot of people go, oh, I want to be an editor, I want to go into publishing, and you're like, oh, you cute little snowflake, you have no... (laughs) I, I tell people, I'm like, it's like saying, I want to be a famous actress, like, it's really competitive. There's a lot of nerdy book people like us, whose big dream it is to go be in publishing, and people think it's really easy, and it's not, like, you know we're all well-trained and we have a lot of experience and there's not that many jobs that we're all fighting for. And that's, that is what it is. Like it's way more competitive than people think. So you, I feel like what's good is it, it cuts out the people who are not really passionate about it. Like you have to really love books to put up with the shit. Like you just do. Yes. (laughs) If you're one of those people where you really love books and that's really all you want to do, then I'm going to say, stick with it because you're the ones that will make it, and you're the ones we want. And then I will say, it's as good as you think. Like, I love my job. And I feel like, you know, not everybody in publishing loves their job, but there's a lot of really, really wonderful people and a lot of really fun things that we get to do. And um, I pretty much love my job every day. Like, not all of it all the time, but every day there's something in my job where I'm like, oh, that was just great. So I feel like um, it's good to be hopeful about it. I'm pretty hopeful and optimistic about publishing. Like, I'm probably more optimistic about it now than I was 10 years ago. Like, I feel like it's going really well. There's lots of great books coming out, and there's lots of good things happening in publishing. So um, I would say have hope. Don't give up. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like positive optimistic kids book person. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Somebody's gotta be. <laughs> right. You doubt- don't find
1: a lot of that in adult books, let me tell you.
2: Oh, no, that's why I stay away from all of those people. Yeah, yeah, ah, fair. Yeah. Doubt this. Get away yep. from me. <laughs> Poetry. Poetry people for sure.
1: Oh so, yeah. There's a lot of so, cynicism. Darkness.
2: So I would be cynic. I would be cynical if I was a poet as well. Same. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's their job yeah it kind yeah. of is
0: that's true <laughs> yep so um you know other than rooting for you for the oregon book award thank um, you that's, i have
2: no
1: chance
0: 22nd, it,
2: right? i appreciate no, your what are you that. talking about say that you don't know that Come i on. i will say i've read one of the books that i'm up against is one of my favorite picture books of all time and so i'm like uh. oh but that happens <laughs> Last time I was nominated, one of my favorite picture books was also up against me, and uh-huh. I, I beat it. So oh, see, it, it might happen it again. It could happen, but yeah, yeah, let's stay positive.
0: Are so you gonna be like one of those Macklemore situations where you get up there and you are like, I shouldn't have won this?
2: <laughs> no, I won't do that. No, no but, I, but I'll probably. In, yeah, I don't know if I'll. Yeah, who knows? So, no.
0: so, so other than that, are there things that you would like to plug? Uh, your website, uh, social right. media. Books, yeah, upcoming sure. books um,
2: yeah. yeah you can check out my website it's michelle um that's what two l's michelle so you can learn everything you could ever possibly want to know about my editing or my writing or all the weird things that i do it's all there um other than that, yeah, I've got uh, the girls who Rock the World Series. The Enough Is Enough Gun Book coming out. I have a couple more books that I think are on the verge of being sold that I won't tell you about. But more books are happening that I'm writing, which is great. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, just read. Go read kids books. Kids books are great. Like they're just great. So don't don't be hating on the kids books. Go go read a go read a few. So yeah. Okay. there are still some haters out there they're like kids books oh that's for dummies I'm like really have you read any lately come on you don't know what you're talking about so
0: (laughs) yeah loosen up you only live once right
2: (laughs) and and you're wrong you're just wrong
0: (laughs) if you don't like that you're wrong
2: (laughs) I've read adult books and kids books and so I can talk about it but if you haven't read the kids books you don't know what you're talking about so anyway yeah read some kids books
0: all right well, um, Michelle, thank you for taking the time out of your Friday evening to come and talk with us.
2: Yes, thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. That was really fun.
0: All right. Well, we'll catch you later then.
2: All right. Good to talk to you guys. <laughs> Good to talk to you. Soon.
0: Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So uh, Michelle was talking about being a
1: nanny. Yes, oh. I want you to tell that story. <laughs> About the kid you named. Oh, no problem. This is what what I said to you. (laughs) This is one of my favorite stories. So. Yes, I was a nanny when I was about like 22 in Seattle. I was also a barista at the same time, so I didn't like I did them both part-time. That hustle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, when you're 22 and you're like, I'm going to change the world and then like you can't get another job apart from working at a coffee shop and watching a kid. So, but anyway, I've never been there.
0: <laughs> I was there except I was a substitute teacher. Yeah, <laughs> see, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Aww. Anyway, so yeah, this kid was I think she was like 2 um, And she was adorable, she, but she was like kind of precocious in the way where it was like kind of annoying at certain points. And I remember one time. She thinks she was really smart. She probably She'd look did. at you like, gotcha. All probably. The time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. But yeah, we were out uh, walking around the neighborhood one night and she saw a dumpster and she said, what's that? And I said, oh, that's where the garbage goes. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, get in the dumpster, Krynne. <laughs> And I was like, well, I never. And no, actually, I was like, that was incredibly clever. You're going to be a very funny person. Well, I never. (laughs) (laughs) I do declare. I do declare. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Beauregard. Anyway, but yeah, kudos to her. I have not seen her since then. So she's wait. So that's when I was, so that was like 18 years ago. So she's like, shit, she's like 20 now. So I hope she's cool. I don't know anything about her. Oh my god! I know it's weird to think about. Yeah. So she's probably speaking in a different language. She probably is. (laughs) She's but still about whatever social media (laughs) is good right now. Where are they? I don't know. Are they?
0: Are they? Are they on Twitter? I
1: mean, I know some of them are Snapchat, right? Really? I think they're on that's Snapchat. That's a thing. I don't know. I, I think it is. That. Well, I've heard about this thing called TikTok, which I think is like Vine. But it's like Vine. But it's music.
0: But you put it on things. Yeah. Right. right. I don't
1: know.
2: <laughs>
0: I Karinza think media That's, me. right. I have a that's right. That's
1: right. <laughs> oh no. I have no idea. Oh no. Don't worry, I won't tell. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um <laughs> anyway, though. I'm just a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my story. I'm really happy that you could share
0: that story with everyone. It's,
1: I'm really happy too. It's a great story. Like, I share it with saying, as many people as I possibly can because it's so good. As she was saying that, I was just like, <gasps> <laughs> oh my God,
0: great. I got great to tell the story, but I mean, she was in a good flow. So I didn't want to. Oh, interrupt thank you. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, AWP was fun. Yeah. Um, oh, tell me more about AWP. I mean, yeah. other than
0: the like, um, theoretical dance party
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um i won i I was there tweeting from the hybrid pub scout twitter account follow us at hybrid pub scout yes please Um, do i make a lot of jokes she does and she's really good at jokes
1: thank you it's true i feel like i'm
0: really good at jokes she is yeah i mean i laugh at my own jokes yeah i laugh
1: at them too so they gotta be good Yeah. yeah
0: I, I, I posted a very funny video on my personal Twitter account, and Curtin was the only one who liked it, and I was really
1: surprised.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on the Hybrid PubScout one. We'll Please see if do. other people yes. like it, too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it on every platform.
1: Yeah, you should. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll start a TikTok account just to see if I put it on there. It was a six-second video. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Yeah, then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's for Joni Mitchell fans. Fans Hell of yeah. Joni
0: Mitchell and fans of... Um, the hobbit yeah
1: and if you're not a Joni Mitchell fan please unsubscribe.
0: subscribe Ooh.
1: oh anyway come on that's like By common sh- male sense. chauvinists.
0: <laughs> it's like I feel like Joni Mitchell is like Yoko Ono part two to male chauvinists. she really is which is like <laughs> it's so like so who is a woman I can like first who I can hate for a stupid reason yeah. from the seven sixties and 70s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joni Mitchell yes that's right it's it's not cause she's a woman, it's cause she's Canadian. <laughs> I just don't like I don't like high
1: pitched voices. I just don't like women's voices. Yeah, that's true. I One of my them. friends calls I mean, her skeletor, which is very mean. But she does have very sharp cheekbones. She bones. has very sharp cheekbones. Uh, but it's kind of funny. It's also. enviable. <laughs> Honestly, I always wanted cheekbones like yeah, that. Yeah, no, me too. She's yeah, she looks great.
0: I mean we got those we got those round like yeah, cherubies. I got cheek- those like got, Polak cheeks. And I got yeah. the Irish cheeks. Yeah. So we we're, we're right. screwed. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Will never look like Skeletor. No, not at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> we were ruined by the nineties. <laughs> it's true. Oh my god. I just remember like there was a people magazine Um, with a picture of like Heather Locklear Uh and oh who was it It it's probably Cindy Crawford and then (laughs) the headline was like why are all our teenagers anorexic oh my god and I'm like mom what's anorexic she just looks at me like "Mm -hmm."
1: (laughs) 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 now this is happening great (laughs) oh my god
0: I, I Oh, my God! I told you about this right is are there any other lovers of lingling Ling pot stickers out there? No,
1: I, I don't know. I have been so. eating
0: them since I was eleven years old. <laughs> I just realized the other day that mm-hmm. I like have been eating lingling Ling pot stickers longer than I've known most of my childhood friends, yeah. So wow, that's a real love story. Yeah, that's yeah. um, that's relevant. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: I'm, I read books sometimes. While yes, I'm you do. That's that. true. Well, what do you want to talk about? What we're reading right now? Oh my god, that was such a great segue. <laughs> Thank you so much. I am a professional podcaster, after all. <laughs> well, you know, this is episode twenty. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow, we're doing great. So all you, right,
0: you are a professional. Yeah, no, I am. At this
1: point, I feel like that's that's a true. That's statement. the right.
0: Number No, yeah. did, I heard it was 25. Oh, it's, 20. it's always going to be cool. five higher than, than I we think. actually are. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm reading Pachinko. Oh, right. huh. And then I'm reading. Oh, what am I reading? I don't know. I've downloaded a bunch of romance books that oh, I sweet. like mean to read. Oh, but okay. OK. I want I'm going to try to write just a really, really fluffy one uh-huh. just to because the, the thriller. This is a thing that happens with me. Is I got into it and then I made it too complicated and uh. then I wrote a lot of it and then I was like, wait a minute, there's, and then it was like the, the, um, that gif of, or, or gif of Sarah Paulson where she has all of the, um, math equations oh, yeah, yeah. Around uh-huh. her head. like that's what I became. So <laughs> I'm going to write something very like straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. For fun.
1: Straightforward, but romantic.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, the last uh, um, Magical Kingdoms book that Brie mm-hmm. wrote mm-hmm. Um, came out last week. It's called Stone and Iron, and it's the last one. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I need to read that. And then she also had one called House of Secrets. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, which involves masquerade balls. Oh, I, goodness. Yes, I, know. I love a good masquerade ball. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's like a eyes wide shut
1: thing. Oh, I mean, yeah. I bet you're right. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. it be? Isn't that Probably. like the corala- Yeah, I think so. I don't uh, know. Yeah. She'll tell me. Yeah. You'll find <laughs> out, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, what about you? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, so... <laughs> thought you'd never (laughs) ask um yeah I used to really dread that question because as you know I was reading like nothing I'm so proud of you I know and now I've started reading again which is really great and I'm really happy for myself and I thanks to everyone who sent me uh reading vibes (laughs) (laughs) I mean reading vibes reading vibes um but anyway I was actually almost finished with this um book by Alyssa Nutting called Made for Love I think it came out last year um and I just like I was uh, like probably almost finished with it and I just realized like I don't give a shit about any of these characters fuck yeah yeah so I just put it on the bookshelf but I didn't finish it and I felt very liberated I've actually. never been prouder of you
0: <laughs> the fact that a Virgo <laughs>
1: Oh, that's true. I think about that. reading a book
0: <laughs> fifty pages from the end because she didn't give a shit <laughs> is like the most life affirming thing
1: I've heard all week. <laughs> I'm, I'm super so, about it. I'm so glad. <laughs> um Anyway, so then I started. Uh, I did also start this particular book probably about a year or two ago, and it was on my bookshelf. Yeah. And then like the bookmark was like sixty pages in, and I forgot all those pages because it's been so long. So I had to go back and start reading. Them no. again, but that's my own fault. Whatever. Anyway, but it's. I think I've actually mentioned it on the podcast. You did, before in yeah. One of you, our like
0: early episodes.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's called Fire Sermon. By Jamie Quattro. Oh, I thought
0: you meant um, Made for Love. Because you did mention it. I did mention it, yeah. And then I
1: never. Well, that's true also. That's what happened with that one. But I just didn't finish it. Okay, So So Jamie Quattro. Jamie Quattro. You did mention this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm like in the middle of reading that again, too. uh, And she had like a short story collection that came out like in 2013 that I really, really loved. Um. So, and this is a novel that came out a couple years ago that I also really love so far. So Yay. things are, things are looking up. Things are going well. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: I'm kind of the one who's like less enthused about reading right now. It oh, really? Like. Oh, it's yeah. so like shifting back and forth. Oh no. I mean, I'm still doing it, but yeah, I'm kind of just like, oh, you know what I've been doing? What? And this is, this is a, sh- <laughs> this is a confession <laughs> moment. Oh, okay. So I quit audible but you get to keep the books oh and um I've had audible during some dark periods of my sure, life sure sure. Yeah. and um I am re-listening to a bunch of self-help books oh
1: nice okay what do you like which ones um, <laughs> God, I, <should've laughs> said
0: that. um I re-listened to the five second rule by oh. Mel Robbins okay which was pretty big for a while mm-hmm. it's basically like you can get yourself to do anything by counting backwards from five. Oh, and he wrote a whole book about that? It's a, a woman. Oh, a names, lady. I'm yeah, sorry. She's got one of those um, uh, um, gender neutral names.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that's why I like thought Melanie I just assumed she was like a man.
0: Okay. She's very, like, you can tell that she refused to do second takes on her audio book <laughs> because yeah. she'll start a sentence three times. <laughs> and I kind of love it. I think that it's it's very endearing. Yeah. She's like a, a major speaker and oh, she gets booked okay. for a lot of speakers gig so I think I she was see. probably and you can tell she's doing a lot of asides too mm, mm-hmm, which is one mm-hmm. of my favorite things about an audiobook rather than like yeah. a print book is yeah. like if the person is uh the author yeah they'll just randomly say stuff sometimes
1: <laughs> that's funny I didn't know that yeah it's uh. it's great
0: <laughs> anyway so that's that's me that's, and you my, right that's now. my secret shame like I I'm more you know apt to say I've been reading a bunch of sexy books. Then like yes, I'm 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 compulsively re-listening to self-help books.
1: <laughs> well, actually that reminded me of I guess this was a self-help book. It was popular probably before your time in the 90s called The Rules and it was about like how to catch a man, and it was basically about oh, I've like heard of this, yeah. So like basically the premise of the book was like play hard to get, like don't call him back, like make him work for you. But which is dumb, yeah. Uh, but anyway, but I remember that my mom bought it for me when I was like seventeen. <laughs> Whoa why i don't know i think she just like knew it was popular and she was like oh it's a dating book you like books? why don't you read this book but i just remember being so insulted when she got it for me because i was like mom i'm seven like i don't need to worry about this shit yet <laughs> you're not
0: following the rules
1: corinne and that's i've true. noticed that's true i really did not follow the rules no. yeah yeah good i know and it all worked out anyway so whatever but those <laughs> ladies like are rich i'm sure from that book so i mean good for them kudos and all that but yeah yeah a lot of people
0: need that i need i need someone to just- Tell me that it's all gonna be okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. they as long do as that. I get out of bed in the morning. As long as you have- that's literally what <laughs> like. it's like. You can't get out of bed in the morning. I couldn't get out of the bed in the morning because there was a lien on my house and I had a drinking problem. But then one day, I, one night, I was very drunk and saw a video of a rocket ship, and I was like, "That's how I'm gonna get out of bed in the morning." And then I said five, four, three, two, one, and I got out of bed. That's literally the <laughs> oh origin story God. of this book. I love it. <laughs> Because that's how, like, if I am to have any epiphanies, that's how they're going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) one drunken night, I'm watching a rocket go off and I'm like, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) She's made so much money.
1: Yeah. Good for her.
0: I'm sorry, your mom thought you were bad at dating. No,
1: I'm sorry. I don't even think it's that. When you I think were a she just she just watched Oprah all the time, and I'm sure like Oprah talked about it or something. So I, this was before her book club started, I think, but I'm sure she like had the authors on or something. So she probably yeah. saw it on there and was like, maybe, maybe she'll like this. And then I was like, huh, how dare you? I take everything personally because yeah. I'm your daughter. <laughs> exactly. And I'm a teenager. Uh, Oh, no one understands me. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) And I listened to Jewel. That was really good. Everybody listened to Jewel. Did they? When they were teenagers. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I had a friend who was super into Jewel and like. Oh, she's so bad. Well, she was a, she was a ballerina and oh, she's like okay. a professional ballerina oh, now. Oh shit. But yeah, we used to dance in the garage together.
1: <laughs> to foolish James. <And> <laughs> no, it was, um,
0: it was some like pseudo, uh, Indian music type thing. <sighs> oh, it was okay, like, she okay. was really into Jewel. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also she was trying to teach me how to do like good ballet. Cause I did ballet like for years and years oh, and years. Oh, okay. But yeah. She was. She's a professional ballerina, so I was just like, "How do I put my leg like that?"
1: <laughs> I get okay. <laughs> this is fun.
0: <laughs> do you want to learn some choreography off of YouTube with me?
1: Um, I think it depends on what kind of choreography. Like, which artist would if, it be?
0: If well, you you know, Oceanographer's Choice. Like, oh, it, okay, what, uh, whatever music video you can think of that you really like you know
1: what video i always did want to learn the choreography to was cold-hearted snake by paul abdul do you remember that video that was probably before your time too i think that came out 1990 how old were you in 1990 like three four yes i was three you were three (laughs) you don't remember this sorry anyway it's fine but it was a very cool video they were all just like dancing in this like big like i don't think it was a warehouse but it was like a big dance studio and all the blinds were drawn and it was like a really sexy song. And I just, I don't know. It was probably like the repressed Catholic in me thinking like, oh, but I learned how to do this dance when I was like 10 or whatever. So anyway. Good but for her. It was my favorite. Yeah. And by her, <laughs> I mean 10-year-old Corinne. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so. Well, yesterday was a national pet day. Yeah. So I took the opportunity to uh, give a little hat tip to my cat. Well, he's like. Well, he is my cat now. He's your adopt my cat. boyfriend's cat, so he's yeah, my adopted cat, basically yes. my adopted son. Groucho. your, your large, adult son. He's my large adult son um anyway he's wonderful and i love him very much and i i don't know well what now you life. know we
0: have to post pictures of. Groucho. oh i can do
1: that's no problem on facebook yeah. on facebook okay yeah, yeah i'll yeah. leave that up to you i will do that yes okay as the, as the older of the two of us i feel like the facebook responsibility should be mine well, anyway. I, it's a
0: better platform for posting a an ode to groucho that's very true i'll give yes. you that yeah, yeah. yes mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's what facebook is for yes
1: right right yeah, yeah. and I've, your mom's friends like yelling at each other
0: my mom's <laughs> or friends. no yelling- not your mom
1: <laughs> but sorry. i just mean everybody's mom's friends everybody's <laughs> yelling about all getting, yeah
0: a- taking everything personally yes you post an article and they're like is
1: that about me
0: <laughs> exactly it's like oh i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it was <laughs> Whoops. No, I just post cute animal videos. Yes, you do. Which I always appreciate. Yeah. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. then I scream into the void on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And now into the actual visualized (laughs) black hole. (laughs) That is going to ruin my life. (laughs) (laughs) So you can find us on SoundCloud, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Uh, TuneIn, and Player FM. And various RSS feeds that you may know about, but I don't, (laughs) listener. Um, So please go and rate us, review us, but only if you want to give us five stars. Yeah, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We don't want to hear your one-star bullshit. Yeah, one-star
0: reviews are for people who are, like, um, really bad.
1: Yeah, people who, like, hate rainbows. (laughs) People who, uh, I mean, if
0: we were doing this... (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> then you could give us a one-star review, yeah yeah, yeah. But i work right, very hard right. to make sure
1: that doesn't happen yeah and you do an excellent job thank you
0: anyway so find us as we mentioned uh-huh. on twitter at hybrid pub scout on facebook at hybrid pub scout email me or corinne sure email me emily at hybridpubscout.com. corinne at hybrid Huh. Hybrid pub stout.
2: <laughs> you know what it
0: really is. <laughs> Go to our website, sign up for our newsletter. Yes. Um, it'll pay off for you yeah, someday. It sure will. And thanks for giving a rip about books.